of one call in life. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. because uh, my sister's been shut out the last uh, two Tuesdays. I asked her to join us today. Susan, hey. Hey, yeah, it, not that I mattered except for the part where I have to get up at, at the uh, crack of dawn. Dark. Bef- at the crack of dark, right. Well, that's what you get right, for being in sunny Southern California, you know. Uh, I'm assuming yeah, which has been cold and rainy. Which no, has been, it's cold been cold and, and rainy. So. Wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's okay. It's a beautiful day today. But yeah. I have to. Can I tell you a cute dog story to start? Oh dear. A so. dog. Okay. Something tells me this will be about a dog named Ernie. Okay, let's do it. Yes, it is. It's about this morning. So, as as happenstance would have it, I went to bed very early last night, and therefore I woke up naturally very early this morning and uh-huh. he could tell I was up and he he sat by the bed and suggested that we he needed to go outside and I told him it was too early anyway and then about an hour later <clears throat> it's still very dark I say okay let's go for a walk so we get up we go outside it's it's just beginning to, to light and, and he gives me this look like are you totally screwed up or what and he walked to the nearest tree, he peed, and then he very deliberately turned me around and walked me back to the house. <laughs> you mean and he was thinking you were mixed up because it was dark out in the I morning. I was totally mixed up, it, right. And, 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 and then he went upstairs and he completely performed his bedtime routine <laughs> where, where he goes upstairs and waits for me at the foot of the bed to come up with a treat because it's dark out and it's time to be in bed. God, Aww. And so, yeah, I got myself a cup of coffee, and I brought him up a treat, and then which he said, okay, good, you're sort of okay now. But then what happened when it got light a few minutes later? Well, it, it didn't. I mean, it's just getting light, and he's still asleep at the foot of the bed. So. Well, then he's all screwed up. That's funny. <laughs> Dogs, what can you do? I have to tell you, I found out yeah. that it don't make me laugh too much because when I laugh, it hurts. I'm sorry. That's okay. I have to tell people. I had some surgery yesterday. Should we tell them what it was? I, you know, it's up to you because I only you can know the level of, of humiliation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, I made you laugh. I'm really sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I only laugh. When Ow. I hurt, it's sort of hurting all the time. But um, <coughs> I, I just remember laughter is what fuels. Laughter is what what? We I lost fuels you. you. Fu- fuels me. That's true. You make you better. <coughs> so um, also I mean uh, we, we've I mean the show's just had a, a, a f- some difficulties. Uh, Josh, could I have my volume up a little? My in my ear, I'm an old lady and I'm going deaf. Oh, and I just got somebody saying they want more volume. They can't hear me. Okay. I'm deaf. My audience is deaf. You got young ears. What do you know? 
Okay, no. turn it up. Okay, is that? I hope that's better, guys. Better for me too. Um, so I, I, <laughs> I don't know where to start. I had, well, I had, I looked at the, the what the doctor. I had a. So I just. I had a mass. Can I just tell they him said it was a mass. A mass. It sounds better. I had a mass. We've been calling her unicorn. I've had this growth <laughs> in the middle of my scalp. And I've had it for a long, long, long. I mean, it's been there for 10, 15 years. And it's one of those things that when I'd go to get my hair done, you know, and they lay you back and they're shampooing, I always felt embarrassed. And I always felt I had to say to whatever poor person was about to put their hands on my head, uh, I have uh, an incipient horn <laughs> on my head <laughs> that you're going to bump into. Please don't let it gross you out. Oh, they always said, oh, people have bumps all over their heads, right? But this thing started really uh, growing to the point where in the last four months, I couldn't wear my hair the way I wanted to because it kept poking. It was parting my hair in the middle. It was definitely growing. So by this time, it is full on smack in the mix. Unicorn. Seriously. So, <laughs> and I, I went to, I asked various people about it. And nobody thought it was like something dangerous, but volume is still low. Don't know. We'll try to get it. Oh, and you're missing these great stories about Ernie and my unicorn horn? By the way, the surgeon said I wasn't a unicorn because a unicorn horn is more toward the forehead. In the front of the forehead. And right. I reposted, how the hell do you know? No one's ever seen a unicorn. Right. Right? That's and, just some... I mean, people would think Jesus was blonde-haired and blue-eyed, right? Because that's the way people painted it. Or or maybe have pink hair because that's how my pretty little pony does it. But, you know, I have to say, that's just body shaming for a unicorn. That's right. So anyway, it got to the point where everybody agreed that thing better come out. And so yesterday, (laughs) it did, and... You know, I it just seemed like a very easy kind of a thing, and I was dopey yesterday, but not in pain. And then the the uh, whatever local anesthetic they'd used to numb the top of my scalp wore off, and oh. <laughs> well, as somebody said, I have a I have an incision, I have a cut in my scalp about this big, and and stitches, so. <laughs> Lynn, can you can you um, can you say in inches or centimeters how big it is? Because those of us that aren't watching you on the screen have no idea how wide. Apart I think your I said were. about. Well, I think it's about two and a half inches, and I'm trying not to be. Ooh! Ow! 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 Shiver me timbers! Ow. Oh yeah. So I put some. I put a, a, a Kleenex under my uh, headset to try to. Make sure that I'm not infecting it. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not a you. Un- oh, that hurt. I'm not a unicorn anymore. 
It's amazing yeah, how I know, but one of these days, one of these days, I think it would be a great book. I mean, don't you think it would be the a great a, a, a the subject for a great character who has all these strange things that only happen to her body? <laughs> <laughs> it is an odd body. You know, before we went into, you know, they bring in these this this physician assistant who went through all the surgeries I had. She said, I need to, you know, check on all your surgeries. And, you know, about 20 minutes later, I said, can't we just stop? <laughs> can't. She said, no, I think we're just in 1995. I said, please, stop. <laughs> um yeah. So, she still had two near-death experiences to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, this body is really one battered bod. But, anyway, here I am. And um, the funny thing about this, it, it, just one other thing. Um, I wish I had had this in, like, 1963. Because in 1963... I got a part um, in a musical production of Music Man that was being uh, put on by a local theater group in Green Bay. And I was in the Dudley Birders. Dudley Birders. Theater. Yeah. He put on wonderful stuff. And I, was, I got a part in the dancing chorus. And the young girl who was playing the young girl lead, <laughs> whoever that was, I can't remember, she wasn't the lead, but she was a young girl who had some lines. She was this lovely kid, and um, she found out this was happening at a, at a Catholic school, uh, college, and she found out I was Jewish, and she actually <laughs> said to me, with wonder in her on her face, looking at me, "Can I?" Can I see your horns? And yeah. I have that, to tell that you. That happened to me at East High, too. Did it? Yeah. I had never yeah. I had never heard that, that Jews, some people actually thought Jews had horns. I had never in my life heard that. And I remember saying, my horns? <laughs> Just like, what? <coughs> and she said, yes. Your horns. And I mean this. So here's these two kids, two out-of-it kids in Green Bay. And and I said, I don't have any horns. And she was, I could tell, so confused and disappointed. Anyway, if only I'd had this. <laughs> I could have said, uh, That's Here. what I was thinking. <laughs> I, was, I was, you know, thinking finally. Somebody that can prove that Michelangelo was right, at least half right. No. So what happened, this came from, um, I don't know if he made it up, the Michelangelo well, a sculpture of Moses. Well, I think it came, it came from a mistranslation of the Bible. Is yeah, what plenty it came of those. From, of the Torah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it, some word came to be <laughs> that, that, that was descriptive of Moses came to be interpreted as he having horns. And 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 is as Michelangelo depicts him in his very famous statue of him, and therefore, I mean, and then it, that just took off. Hmm. Well, so anyway, this Jew has been dehorned. 
on my little on my you know I had I still very old-fashionedly uh, have a book where I keep my schedule and my what to do what I'm doing on any given day and yesterday's had only in big capital letters kill the unicorn so how <laughs> it's gone so it's gone yes Anyway, uh, Ray says the uh, the national animal of Scotland is the unicorn. It is, really. By the way, people are saying they like the sound now. So, I'm like, although one person says I can't hear anything anymore, but you know what, guys? It's <laughs> whatever. We can't please everybody. I think Abe Lincoln said it. <coughs> so uh, he says Scotland is the unicorn. No wonder they won't vote to leave Britain <laughs> now. <laughs> and and Ray says he's sorry if he was overbearing on the phone last week. No, you weren't. You were passionate, Ray. And I I just love it <coughs> when people call. <coughs> excuse me. I I love it when people call and we're not you know singing from the same some of the same uh, what do you call that? And my head's still. Well, happened. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, yeah, I just it's appreciate. Just boring. It. Yeah. And it's not even good for us because how do we rethink um, our stances if we won't ever listen to anybody that disagrees with us? Yeah. Uh-oh. Francis has just written, I give up listening until you fix the sound. It's just too annoying. Let us know on Facebook when it's fixed and I'll tune in again. Well, there's, there's one down. But that's, oh, wait, that's the same person who said she can't hear anything now. Well, toodaloo, Francis. Everybody else seems to be hearing it. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. God dang it. Okay, so a lot's happened, as it always does in this era uh, since I've been gone. By the way, the other thing that happened, the reason there wasn't a show on Monday before, uh, is uh, the reason there wasn't a show on Monday is because uh, Amy, my producer, uh, flew off to Boston on Friday, <coughs> intending to come back Sunday. <laughs> and uh, that big snowstorm that really wasn't still managed to cancel her flight, still managed to cancel her flight Monday as well, and Tuesday as well. Do you believe that? It was not. What a, do people do? You tell me what people do. So at least she, I, they have family there. So she's, but she, she she texted me that if they don't get a flight out today, they're renting a car and driving. And I'm thinking, do the airlines reimburse you for the cost of a rental car in that situation? I bet they don't. No, because if it's weather-related, then they, they declare but an act of God <coughs> and themselves blameless. But it's... N uh, Although sometimes when it's weather-related, they waive fees, in which case they might give her a refund. Oh, God. Anyway, so all things should be back uh, to normal tomorrow. <laughs> I'm hoping. Except for the sound system. <laughs> no, everybody's reporting in that everything sounds pretty good now. So, I... I've gotten a lot more thumbs up than thumbs down. <laughs> so, but can we have callers? 
can we have callers? Yes, we Susan. Yes, people can still call. Susan's on a, a different, we got her in in a different way because anyway. We got problems right here in River City, speaking of the music man. Um, so I don't know. Is there any, uh, sto you know, the, the shutdown thing is really getting ridiculous. All the polling says. Well, I'm, uh, you know, the IRS folks are not going in at much larger number than the TSA folks. And I, and I have to, if you had had me on weeks ago, I would have been <laughs> saying, I don't care if it's against the law for the TSA not to work. If you want to shut this thing down, everybody that's not getting paid, walk off your job. It's involuntary servitude. The country has no right to demand it of you. And if you want to bring the country to their knees and show the, those assholes in Washington that there are really effects to what they are doing and consequences, walk off the job. What if their jobs, however, like air traffic controllers, are absolutely essential? I'll tell you what, what if. Then the airlines don't fly until this happens. That's what happens. And um, I'm telling you, this thing would be settled <laughs> in 24 hours. Everybody stop working. I... I think you're right. That would do it. That would do it, wouldn't it? It is involuntary it servitude. They are being ordered to work without pay. I've been saying all of these <coughs> things from day one. They have absolutely no right. Absolutely no right. Requiring, I mean, it's, it's a basic tenet of law that you can't even force somebody who wants to break a contract for personal services. You can make them pay you money, but you can't force them to do the work. Huh. You well, can't force someone to perform. So if you can't even under a contract that you're willing to pay for someone to perform, there's absolutely no way you are – the government can require you to work, especially for weeks on end with no promise of payment, period. You can't. Well, there is a promise of there is a promise of payment as soon as they. No, 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 no. We'll pay you later. Future payment is not is is not payment. No. Um, no. If they aren't paying them according to their contract, they are the they are the breaches of the contract. Period. And requiring them to work without any end site or, or any guarantee that payment is coming tomorrow or the next day. And while these people still have bills and everything else to pay, I'm telling you, if, if everything stops working until Congress and the president figure this out, we will be done in 24, 36 hours. I promise. Well, that I mean, that is true. Because, I mean, shutting down t uh, the airports, it's not, the it's not passengers as much. The airlines will go nuts. But it's also U.S. commerce. I mean, it's UPS. <laughs> it's it's the mail. It's that kind of stuff. It's the commercial stuff. It stopped, that it stopped the country. Yeah, it would stop the country in its tracks. And they can't fire them all like they did the TSA guys when they went on strike, if you'll recall. Nope. And that might, 
Well, nope. I don't know. You know, the FBI uh, Agents Association said yesterday that they have already lost informants that had penetrated groups uh, I- at the center of terrorism investigations. And the official said, this is a quote, not being able to pay confidential human sources risks losing them and the information they provide forever. It is not a switch that we can turn on and off. So there's that. While, while Trump says this is about national security uh, to keep the hordes of terrorists coming across. Yeah, we are actually getting hurt in the real effort to uh, stop terrorism. You got uh, mobile food banks uh, parking at airports uh, to help the TSA uh, screeners. You've got California and the uh, the mayor of, of D.C. ignoring federal rules. They're, d- they're already saying, screw this, and they are offering unpaid federal workers unemployment benefits, which is not... I guess the way it works. Um, that the TSA has sent uh, uh, emails uh, to m- saying that there are certain airports that are struggling so much that they are begging for others to come to their airports. Uh, I, it's and a lot. You know what they're doing is they're saying some people who were furloughed, like some Homeland Security people. They are now being said they've decided that their work is uh, essential, and so they are being called back to work, even though they will not be paid. Vision insurance, dental insurance will begin lapsing this week for a lot of these federal workers. Um, And let me tell you something about that. If your insurance lapses, yeah. Then what happens? And you have a pre-existing condition. <laughs> uh, you know, the guys in the Coast Guard uh, well haven't. Yeah. The FDA is not inspecting food. Uh, immigration oh. hearings have been canceled. Hundreds of thousands of them. Tens of thousands. Um, on and on. Uh, it, 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 it's unbelievable. And people can't buy and sell their houses. And people that's can't right. buy and sell their houses because the FHA uh, employees weren't working. And then they go, oh, that's real estate. Got to bring them back. I'm telling you, if all of these people who are not being paid stop working, just stop working. Yeah. And, you know, you think it's just federal workers? Uh, say you're in a place with a heavy concentration of federal workers, like Washington, D.C., the restaurants there, the taxi and ride-sharing drivers are hurting like hell. There's nobody, nothing's moving, literally, and they can't afford to eat out. So this dr- really uh, dr- uh, drifts down into the you know public. Uh, I mean, excuse me, the private sector. Um, well, and I do have to say, I do have to say that if Congress decides to withhold pay, or if the president decides to withhold pay, they can't continue to pay themselves and their staff. But they are. Uh, while with, yeah, of course they are. But I mean, it, you know, and and the fact of the matter is, is to most of those people it wouldn't matter. To a few it would, but to most of them it wouldn't matter. 
but um, you know, you can't, you just can't say those people are currently our citizens that are going to be held hostage by our country, and we are going to use them as a bargaining chip. And oops, if um, we are impoverishing them, if we are jeopardizing their homes and their livelihoods and their ability to feed their children, and well. You know, they're all behind me. They believe in the principle of the thing. No, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Initially, he said that most of these federal workers are Democrats. (laughs) So, you know, he he sees, uh, you know, lazy Democrats, uh, a.k.a. people of color, too, sitting in government offices, and he says they're Democrats. And then, uh, literally five minutes later, he says the people who are uh, not being are paid, behind are behind me. <laughs> no, well, well, there's, you know, students at universities are um, unable to get their student, secure their student loans, um, be, again, because of, so there's all kinds of banks and credit unions uh, are offering assistance uh by the way, here I heard the Hebrew Free Loan uh, Society here in Pittsburgh is offering any uh, federal worker in distress uh, loans up to $2,500, I believe, dollars. Uh, the Hebrew Free Loan Society is an amazing organization. It doesn't have a ton of money, but it exists to give people loans when they're in true distress, and these loans are no interest loans, okay? And that's here in Pittsburgh for some of you. I know uh, Enrico Biscotti in the Strip District is offering furloughed people, um, I think, free free lunches. So there is such a thing as a free lunch. And I think uh, other organizations are doing uh, the same thing. So it's outrageous. It's outrageous. The feds have not paid a $5 million water bill to the District of Columbia, which last time I looked was not, you know, uh, extraordinarily uh, rich. Uh, we are paying a goddamn Coast Guard. No. And one of my sons... By the way, that's our military. That that's the military. military. They guard our coast. The Border Patrol is also not being paid... And, you know, this is all about securing the border. Uh, I, I, You know, just on and on and on. It's uh, a program that provides food assistance to more than 7 million low-income pregnant women has not been funded. Uh, SNAP, food stamps, will eventually be curtailed, but they might be able to keep that running up into February, which, by the way, guys, is just what? Less than a week away. Um, on and on. Anyway, CNN had a whole list here of things that they're in. By the way, this is just coming in. Phoenix police uh, are announcing an arrest in the case of the uh, woman in the vegetative state who uh, who had a baby. And they found the DNA, found the... Uh, I would think. I'm not seeing anything else on it, but yeah. So, well, that at least is good. Um, Let me just get, Milton says, the depiction of horned Moses 
stems from the description of Moses's face as cornuta, which is translates as horned in the Latin Vulgate translation of the passage found at Exodus chapter 34, uh, in which Moses returns to the people after receiving the commandments for the second time. So that he comes down from the mountain and all of a sudden he has horns. But it's as Susan said, it's a bad translation. Where they say, did not know his face had become horned. Oh, God. And so I get that question. Susan gets that question. Jonathan uh, writes to say, I once had to stay overnight in a dorm for college orientation, and my roommate was from West Virginia. We were talking when the lights were out, and he said, I ain't never met a Jew before. My grandma and I said, you all have horns. And um, so Jonathan says, thanks for confirming that, Lynn. So, I mean, a lot of Jews have been asked that question, and it's not in, it's literally what people were told, you know. If, I, if, I if don't you take don't, a... You don't even get angry. No, you you, I would you. Total I, ignorance. Yeah. It's total ignorance, and, and you allow them to disabuse themselves of that notion. Yeah. And you tell them it's... it's That's just it's not true. It's just not true. It's because of, mi- of a mistranslation that was carried on through art and blah, 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 blah. And you just tell them the truth. And if people would, I mean, I frequently had conversations where they went, yeah, but, you know, do you eat Christian babies? You know, and I said, and, you know, and if it got to that point, I would usually say only on Passover. <laughs> we need their blood to make our matzah. You know, all this would be funny if it wasn't it just, it just, just you know, doesn't I die. Mean, you know, at, a certain, at, a certain, at a certain point, you're allowed to get angry. But in the beginning, no. No, it's, it's, it's just ignorance. Total ignorance. Right. I mean, I, I was, I, the second question was from the woman that asked me about the horns was, well, where were you born again in Israel? And, you know, and her name was Mary. I can remember the whole conversation. I said, Mary, are you Catholic? And she said, yes. And I said, were you born in Rome? <laughs> and she said, isn't that just sneaky like a Jew? And I said, yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, because I had a superior argument. You know, she ended it with a slur. So, you know, she got one. No, anyway, but so it just reinforced what she... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that was because someone in East High walked by and said, Happy Hanukkah to me. Uh. And this woman turned around, you know, with her jaw on the floor. You're a Jew? Girl, you know, I, are yeah. you a Jew? Yeah. Well, yeah. But, you know, the, the thing we always had for the horn thing is, here, feel my <laughs> no horn. Yeah. Until, you know, oh, right. the unicorn thing happened to me. So but you grew one. Right. <laughs> 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 and then you had to say, no, we don't have horns. <laughs> I have an, uh, a, a Jewish artist-y kind of friend who said, could you ask the surgeon to, like, give me the horn? I'd like to use it in a... Uh, I said, you are out. Uh, cannot have my horn. Ugh. So anyway. Um, well, are you ever going to find out what it was? Are you going to get a pathology report? Or yeah, something? yeah, you do. Right. It'll turn out to be some disgusting, you know, come on, bodies do 
awful things. <laughs> well, things that particularly yours. <laughs> things that's true. Remember your, my bees are right. Remember your my body has the more <laughs> the most wonderful imagination. I know. I come what up if with we could. <laughs> Remember the bezoar? That was even yeah, more disgusting I, I than the horn. The if you don't know what a bezoar is, look it up. It's essentially a human hairball. And I had one, <laughs> this grotesque thing in my gut. And I don't eat hair, so it wasn't made up of hair, but I don't know what the hell it was made up of. It was the most. They took a picture of it. You know, they make things down. And so I have a picture somewhere of my bezoar. It is so revolting. Oh, God. And, you know, I hadn't heard of that either. I hadn't heard of Jews' horns, and then I get one. I hadn't heard of bezoars, and I get one. Um, so, hey, I have to um, – I'm seeing somebody's writing me something about our current senator, but that brings me to – Susan, I got to highlight an obit today that is a former senator of Pennsylvania who – um, was truly a wonderful human being, and he's not well known. So, would you give me a sec? I'm getting show, all. Oh, it's your show. Okay, but I'm getting this from the New York Times um, obit today. His name was Harris Wofford. He died at the age of 92 um, on Martin Luther King Day, which is apt. Because he was a uh, a friend of Dr. King's, and he was an aide at some points to Dr. King. He was with Dr. King uh, much of the time. In fact, when they did the um, the march, what march was it? In in Selma, maybe. Um, and Dr. King was about to uh, to speak, and Harris Wofford slipped him a little, scribbled a note that just said First Amendment and handed it to Dr. King. And then uh, Dr. King starts, of course, speaking eloquently, and he was invoking the Bible to su to support the the march. Um, that set off in uh, Selma, Alabama. And then um, he looked down, and he was holding Harris's note, and he said this, And we march in the name of the Constitution, knowing the Constitution is on our side, the right of the people peaceably to assemble and petition the government for a redress of grievances shall not be abridged. That is the First Amendment. And uh, Harris Wofford, I, uh, he, he became a senator by being appointed by uh, our Governor Casey at the time, the Senator Casey's father. And he was appointed to serve out the rest of the term of another wonderful senator that we had who was a Republican, uh, Senator John Hines, who died in a plane crash at a young age, and John Hines was that kind of Republican that doesn't exist anymore. He would be a Democrat now. Um, but so he only had six months left in his term, and, and he would then have to run against 
uh, Dick Thornburg, who was then the Attorney General of the United States and uh, had been governor here and wanted to be senator. And Thornburg was considered a just a, you know, sort of an insurmountable winner, so nobody wanted to get this six-month appointment. It was even offered to Lee Iacocca. Remember that name? Head of Chrysler? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so Casey eventually says, hey, Harris, would you do this for me? And Wofford said, yeah, sure, I will. He did. And then he went on to beat Dick Thornburg, who initially was leading by 46 points. And let me tell you, Harris Wofford was this, he should have been a priest. He was a, a good priest. He was like this saintly kind of presence, soft-spoken, brilliant, kind. Um, and so he wasn't a classic <laughs> politician. And the obit clearly shows that, that um, most of his life was all about service. He uh, was right-hand man to Sergeant Shriver for uh, putting together the Peace Corps. He w did uh, truly um, himself as a senator do the bill and then became the first head of AmeriCorps. He believed so much in service to country and that all people should do it in some form. Um, he got a law degree from Yale, then went and got another one from Howard University. Uh, he was a university professor. He was counsel to the U.S. Civil Rights Commission. He was on and on and on and on and on and on and on. He was arrested at the Democratic Convention in 1968. He and his wife went to study with, uh, right after Mahatma Gandhi was assassinated, they went over to India and studied with Gandhi's, uh, you know, dis disciples. Uh, so he was a true fit for being with Dr. King then later. He was just an amazing man. Uh, his wife died in 1996, and in 10 years later, he married Matthew Charlton. Uh, with whom he'd been living for 15 yeah. years. And he said this. He was 90 years old. So they had, they had two years to get, well, they had more. They had two as, as married. He said, I am lucky to be in an era where the Supreme Court has strengthened what President Obama calls the dignity of marriage by recognizing that matrimony is not based on anyone's sexual nature or choices or dreams. It is based on love. And then he went on to say, too often our society seeks to label people by pinning them on the wall, straight, gay, or in between. I do not categorize myself based on the gender of those I love. I had a half century of marriage with a wonderful woman and now am lucky for a second time to have found happiness. What a wonderful yeah. guy. The only other personal note I want to say is that after he won that, you know, he served uh, 
times his uh, remaining six months. Then he incredibly beat uh, Dick Thornburg and had his own uh, his own six years in the Senate. And then he was taken on by this young congressman from here who I knew very well. And that congressman was Rick Santorum. And it was Rick Santorum who deprived the United States of the wondrous Harris Wofford in the U.S. Senate. Well, it was the people who voted for him. But I once had both, I had both of them on my radio show on WTAE. And the contrast between these two people was so unbelievable. Uh, Santorum was, I thought, so disrespectful of this older, extraordinary man with a history of service that Santorum couldn't match in a million years. And he was, you know, coming at Wofford like now we recognize that, you know, our politics do. But Harris Wofford was this gentleman. He never fired back at Santorum. And I remember getting really worried. And in fact, that's when the people, uh, that's when, I don't know, that was the beginning of the end, when the voters of Pennsylvania didn't understand they had this remarkable human being representing them and went instead for this firebrand, name-calling lunatic, Rick Santorum. So, I'm just saying. Harris Wofford, great man. Well, at least, praise the Lord, Santorum flamed out. Yeah, but but so how come CNN keeps putting him on? Why? Why do they do that? Because they do. I don't know. I know. They resurrect careers. I don't know. Well, he's a he's a he's a voice of that, you know, of that group. Roger says assumptions. Susan asking that Catholic woman if she was born in Rome reminded me when my lily white American friend was asked where she got her beautiful dark skinned daughters. My womb was the answer. (laughs) This happened at the Costco in Cranberry. Oh. Yeah, people people are endlessly um, uh, and and so self assured about their ignorance. It's amazing, and and the, and their uh, entitlement to asking questions. Right. Exactly. But it's sort of it's it's, it's sort of the same thing as you know to- total strangers coming up and and putting their hands on pregnant women's bodies. You know. Right. Um, there's just a sense of um, I'm entitled to touch you. I'm entitled to ask you personal questions. Well, that brings me to this special uh, edition of the New York Times on um, on pregnant women. And I just want to point something out. 
it just starts with, you might be surprised to learn that in the United States, a woman coping with the heartbreak of losing her pregnancy could also find herself facing jail time. Say she got in a car accident in New York or gave birth to a stillborn in Indiana. In such cases, women have been charged with manslaughter. In fact, a, yeah. fe a fetus need not die for the state to charge a pregnant woman with a crime. Women who fell down the stairs, who ate a poppy seed bagel and then failed a drug test, or who took legal drugs during pregnancy, drugs prescribed by their doctors, all have been accused of endangering their children. And all of these things I just said, they go on to, uh, you know, relate uh, the story. Uh, but they say all of this illuminates this incredible shift in American society away from a centuries-long tradition in Western law uh, and toward the embrace of a really new concept, and that is that a fetus in the womb has the same rights as a fully formed woman. No, has more rights. In some, in some cases. In some cases. Where they keep a dead woman in a vegetative state whose body is actually deteriorating, alive, despite her family desperately wanting her to be... I don't know. Women who are pregnant There's have found... I mean found themselves stripped of the right to consent to surgery, the right to receive treatment for a medical condition, and even something as basic as the freedom to hold a baby in the moments after, after birth. And all of this has come since, I mean, it, it, this, this whole thing is like so mind-blowing. It's not like we don't know it, but how far we've gone to some place that would have been laughed at in, in the 70s. Um, Ronald Reagan, when he was governor, signed what was then one of the most liberal abortion laws in the land. In 1972, a Gallup poll found that 68% of Republicans thought that this, the decision to have an abortion should be made solely by a woman with her doctor. And maybe we'll let the husband in too. But do you believe that? What has happened to us? No, it's, it's the what? Well, and, I mean, and, and, and if you throw in there the fact that there's never been a more stark um, line drawn between how those same people feel, about, about the people that feel that a baby in utero is more important than everything else, do not feel that way the second that baby is born. If they happen to be born on the wrong side of a border, they'll take that baby and throw them in a cage. Yeah. And they won't give them proper medical care, and they won't care, and they'll call it an illegal. They'll dehumanize it, and they see nothing wrong with holding both positions. And I'll tell you why. They have no respect for human life. Wait, they don't what? care about the mother. They don't care. They have no respect for human life. They have respect for fetal life. They have no respect for fully formed life in existence life. They have no respect for it. But even saying fetal life is shows how, I mean, a fetus is not alive. It isn't viable. 
It's not viable. It is alive. It's alive in the mother. Take the mother out. And that's right. That's that's right. If they remove it from the mother, it is not alive. No. Okay. So we have a call. Uh, caller, go ahead, please. Hello? Gansberg? Yes. Clarence. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, hello, hello, everybody. Hi. Yes, yes. I, um, I was, you know, because of the delay, I was calling about the, um, you know, people saying things in ignorance. Yes. Assumptions. And, uh, yes. Assumptions. This happened to me yesterday while I was standing in line buying groceries. Uh, the cashier behind the counter said, why? I mean, she said, don't look so grumpy. And I said, what if I told you my grandmother died? And she said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I said, she didn't. <laughs> watch, watch what you say to people. You don't know why That's they are. No. She, she, said, she said, well, I just want you to be happy. I said, why do you make that assumption? Why, who are you to try to make me happy? Who are you? <laughs> you know? All right. Yeah, and, and that's. And I know women get it all the time, you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll smile. Smile. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Hey, and I uh, want to, can I just say, speaking of assumptions, can we bring in the um, the Covington kids thing here? Right, right, uh, yeah, right. Um, yeah. Because uh, Frank Bruni writes a piece in the New York Times today saying, you know, okay, now we've seen a whole bunch of footage, extra footage, heard this and that. And um, and it brings us really to a place that should more frequently be our starting point and sometimes even our end point, which is uncertainty. Yeah, nothing to see here. Well, there's something to see, but it's unclear. I'll tell you the thing to me that was clear. I do not at all understand the kid there in the face of the Indian guy. That to me doesn't it doesn't it depend who walks up to whom? Maybe, but why okay, I maybe. Yeah, but Clarence what you were saying I mean I I'm just saying I would back up, but you know, it's yeah, a different that's a, that's kind of you are assuming that you walked up that the kid walked up to the uh, the Native American, but Native American. whose story but changed, by the way, whose story changed. He initially told the first right. people who interviewed him that he felt, you know, he was trying to get away, blah, blah, blah. And then he came up with this other story, which seems more truthful, that, you know, the kids were being sort of harassed by these, uh, don't get me on these black Hebrew Israelite God knows what. I mean, yeah, the yeah. The Southern yeah, Poverty know, Law Center yeah, says I mean, they're a hate they're group. Don't, don't let their name fool you. Yeah, they're yeah, Christians. yeah. They're nuts. <laughs> okay, they're more than they're, – yeah. they're, they're just friggin' insane. Okay, so they were on the kids, and, and, and I think they were on the Native American a little bit too. And he – I don't know, but he now says he walked in to the, them, and maybe the kids didn't have a clue what the hell was – I don't know. So what do we say? What do we say? I actually found a video that was filmed by the black Israelites themselves. Oh, really? That was almost yes. two hours long. Okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're a bunch of jerks, and they were yes. saying the things that the, the kids said they were saying, you know. And I think they were actually there to support the Native Americans, poor Native Americans. <laughs> and, um, 
Oh, because they think Native <laughs> Americans are another lost tribe of Israel. Right. That, it, it, you know, yeah, exactly. they're, they're whatever. Yeah, and, um, yeah, and what, I came, what I concluded was this, after watching, you know, all the different angles. Yeah. Religion ruins everything. <laughs> that's right. And, and that's... A pox on You know, the kids were there because the Catholic kids were there protesting abortion rights. Right. The black kids right. were there, you know, you know, with their interpretation of the Bible. Uh, right. Everything they said. Right. You know, could be backed up by biblical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Stuff. Every, literally everything they said could be backed up. Right. You know? And, and, and the Native American guy, now when he walked up, and he and he, he was kind of getting in between them. I don't know if he was approaching them in anger or just trying to calm things down. And um, But as a teenage, a former teenage boy, if that situation was like a group of like my friends yeah. you know, from high school, and they walked up to show that I was tough, and a man, I would have stood there and stared in his face. You know, if it was a group of clan members, I would have, I would have stood there yeah. with that look, yeah, and, and stared, tried to stare him down. <laughs> you know, so exactly, right. you know, exactly. That that was the reaction I would have had too. <laughs> you know, try to stare him down. And within my group, I was one of the tougher guys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, Probably mm-hmm. would have been scared to scared to death, but still would have did. <laughs> well, but it shows <laughs> this whole story though shows how. We are so uh, stuck in our, th- you know, that we, we, we latch on to things that immediately, you know, justify uh, our stances on something. And then the fact, and then the Twitter shit and the, the social media stuff where they, I just hate, I hate what we're, and the media jumps in it too. I hate what we're doing. We can't take time. We can't take time to let everything as this story melts away from them, you know, then they go searching at the school until they dig up something else that right. makes them seem racist. Right. You know, and which they did. You know, and at a certain point, you go, "Why are you so invested in right in 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 pointing this out and finding it? Move on." Well, Two because words. You know, confirmation confirmation bias. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Okay. Confirm our beliefs and you know feelings and all that kind of stuff. That we'll find stuff to confirm it, no matter what the evidence is. Yeah. yeah. You know, whatever. I, I we just yeah we I wish we could. But that assumptions, assumptions. Mm-hmm. We all end just up. Just think about what you were talking about earlier about the horns and yeah. all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Religion ruins everything. Well, you know, I think <laughs> You're that. <talking> <laughs> That, that's, I'm not talking about the Jews. You know that that, that need that c- to confirm their bias towards Jews, <laughs> towards Jews is going. You know that's going to happen. You yeah. Know, that, that no matter. You just, just like here, fill my head. Doesn't matter. No, it's true. It's way it doesn't <laughs> matter. Retractable. You have retractable yeah, your retractable horns. horns. <laughs> <laughs> you can make them come and disappear like whenever little, you want. They're the, like little penises. They get erect. <laughs> Yeah, the horns <laughs> pop out. That's true. Oh, the horns come out then, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've got to. I've got to. Yeah, I got to bring up something else. You, oh. Unless uh, what, what? Unless Clarence, what? You have a bad pun you want to share? 
Well, you don't have to go. I mean, you don't have to go. You want me to hang up? No, no, no. You don't have to hang up. We've we've just got three minutes left, but I wanna, I wanna say something that really pissed me off. Um, I was on Friday night with uh, good friends, including uh, Joanne Rogers, and uh, I had picked her up to go to this dinner, and I said, "So, Joanne, are you?" Are you still hobnobbing with, you know, Tom Hanks and everybody else and blah, 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 blah. I said, she said, things have calmed down a little bit. I said, are you going to the Oscars? And she said, no, I don't want to go to the Oscars. She says, although there is a luncheon that she was planning on going to for all of the nominees. And she was excited about that. And I said, oh, wow, think of that. Think of who all the nominees. You'll be there with all. Yeah, wow. And I said, so when do we find out? She said, well, we know we're on the short list, but um, here's what she told me. She said, but the, um, she said the 22nd, which is in fact when it came out, we'll find out. But um, she said the Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary is uh, really coming on strong. And she said a lot of people in Hollywood thinks it's because, well, not only was that a great documentary, but because she's ill and because she's consequential. (laughs) And uh, so I'm willing to bet it goes to uh, RBG. But that they didn't nominate Won't You Be My Neighbor is unbelievable. I was stunned. I was stunned. And I'm not alone. So was the New York Times that says today, well, don't take your shoes off yet. The film was one of the the most shocking snubs. It was. It was. It already won, I think, the Critics' Choice Award for Best Documentary. It's an incredible documentary. And it didn't make it. It didn't get nominated. Unbelievable. I just want to say no, I'm pissed off. I haven't seen I haven't seen that that film yet. In, in fact, I haven't seen any of uh, only Black Panther that was nominated for best best picture. Yeah. But I did I did notice something. What about the the best picture thing? Yeah. Black Panther, Black Klansman, um, Roma. Yes. Uh, what is that one about Queen? Queen. Yeah. 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 Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. What's the name of that film? Bohemian the Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Yeah, and then that, uh, the other one um, about the Queen of England. Oh, that's uh, th- th- no, it's it's not about the Queen of England. You're talking about favorite. the the favorite, which is the favorite. which is aw- I find that film flat out awful. I saw it. It's awful. It's a film yeah, in which yeah, nothing happens. It's just if you like period drama and you like finding out that Queen Anne was was a lesbian. And a little nut. That's, that's the point. That's the point right there. Okay. Queen Anne was a lesbian. Uh, Roma, Mexican. Yeah. Black Klansman. Yeah. Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, these are all almost anti-Trump film picks. <laughs> yeah. Know? Besides Vice and um, A Star is Born. 
Or think maybe it's just the Academy trying not to look like the white people's party. Yeah, but exactly. they still are. They still I mean, are because they no. The makeup of the, the Academy more. <coughs> than, you know. Right. Yeah. They yeah. still yeah. snubbed yeah. a bunch of. Right. Spike Lee got his first director's not his first. Do you believe that? His yeah. first <laughs> director nomination. And there aren't a yeah, lot of blacks that ha were nominated for anything. I, I yeah. no. Have you, you seen that? Have you seen that one? Which one? No. Black Klansman. Black Klansman. I saw uh, it. The only one I've seen out of all of them was Black Panther, the superhero movie. Yeah, and they never <laughs> win. No, they never win. Yeah, superhero yeah, yeah. movies never yeah, win. Yeah, that's, but that's the only kind of film I'm going to watch. Okay, one. Black Klansman <laughs> was I thought good. But it got into it got very polemical, I think, toward the end, which I found off-putting, even though I agree with the polemics. But I mean, it just sort of I thought got preachy. Um, the yeah, fav yeah. the favorite is I thought awful, G great acting, but awful. I don't care if it's great yeah. acting. It was watching a bunch of human beings act really badly. The difference was. Instead of watching men acting badly, which is what we're always doing in movies, we were watching women in power acting badly. Ooh, so it was feminist. I it just makes me puke. All the you know what a great movie was this year? Eighth grade. That was a great movie. That didn't make it. Yeah, we just watched that. Did we just watch that? And I thought it was marvelous. Marvelous. Yeah, Doesn't agree. get it. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot so Hollywood sucks. And on that wonderful, <laughs> okay, we're out of time, too. <laughs> okay, bye. Susan, bye thank bye. you. Bye. Clarence, in. thank bye. you. I will. I will. Thank you all. Oh, Sally Wigan tomorrow, my guest, right here in studio, okay? See ya. Bye. Do not necessarily reflect the viewpoint of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.